We did this. You've already. been hit by. You've been. Paul. Hi. When the politicians keep politicking before you turn to excessive drinking, spend some time collectively politinkering with the show where I don't know, man. Because the truth is, I don't know, man. I just. I don't know, man. Hello, my little snowflakes. Shanfa. Back to Politinkering. My name is Sean O'Brien. Shanfa. That was Sean Fa. Joey Bonnier. That's Joey Bonnier. Here we are. It is, um, I don't know, what, May 4th? Sure. May the 4th be with you? Uh, May the 4th be with yeah. you, guys? Nerd do you guys shit. like that? Um, I'm a fan of the puns. Okay. In That's, general. Yeah, you do, in general, yeah. like puns. Yeah. Joey, do you like May the 4th be with you? I think that Star Wars needs a day, so why not? Okay. Yeah, I guess there's no other better day for it to happen. Yeah. It did happen a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away where there were no days. In the exactly. I mean, there's the Earth calendar is uh, irrelevant. Yeah, correct. It's correct. just a holiday celebrating them. It's- yeah, I know. I don't like the pun, personally. I don't like <laughs> I think it's stupid. Yeah. I think it's dumb. <laughs> what day would be better? I know I can't pick a you better like, day. You like that day. You just don't like, want to call I, it yeah, May the 4th be with you. I think I'd be fine with just having it that day, but no, it's just no one can say, say May the 4th be with, be with you. you. I think it's dumb. Yeah. I think it's just dumb. I'm on board. I don't know. It's fine. No no big deal. But anyway, welcome I mean, back to Politinkering. It is uh, just a bunch of nerds being nerds. Like, Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's appropriate that it's a horrible pun. It's fair. It's fair. Can I do my thing? <sighs> I have to do the thing because you want me to. You don't have to. Remember to follow us at Politinkering. If you get a chance, head over to www.fawcast.com. Oh, yeah, uh, you can check out our other shows. You can also donate if you desire. Um, I don't remember if there's anything else we need to do, right? Any other housekeeping? No. Uh, Politinkering is brought to you by us. Yeah. And, so, hi. and you guys maybe someday. Yeah. But we love your faces. And I'm mm. going to continue saying that. I don't get Sean sh- shaking his head because somebody else apparently says that. Yeah. Who says it again? It's the, the like one YouTuber I happen to watch. Okay. Uh, Philip DeFranco. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, may the fourth be with you. Yeah. Um, unless you happen to have a pre-existing condition. Then you're fucked. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, so we'll just do a couple little... Uh, a little updates as far as the news um today mr boner do you want to explain what happened did you purposely wait for him to take a drink i was ready to he answer. started taking it but then i purposely elongated the sentence mm-hmm. and then you purposely jumped Pretty in to good. say that so we could swallow mm-hmm. because we're all a team here that we're was unnecessary i was able to handle it we're right all- after the <laughs> sip i agree i agree but joey you know. knows how to swallow Fine. that's what she said um so the house voted to pass the new acha the bill. Mm. Bless uh, you. You just mean Akka. Akka, yeah. You called it Acha earlier, so I was kind of going with it, and I, I like did. it better. Yeah, I don't really care wrong. if it's not quite correct. I, I do. like it better. Okay. Well, it's Akka. So now you like it. Akka. No. Yeah. Well, what happened? What does it mean? What, what is different about the bill now? How did it pass? Seems like they added a few uh, amendments to it that made it uh, slightly more... Uh, that took away things. Well, it all took away things. It all took away things. There was one, the one amendment that was, it's more or less the same as what it was before. They added one big thing. The holdoff for the Freedom Caucus was that it didn't go far enough, but also for the moderates, the holdoff was the pre existing conditions were, um, were, 
Actually, I don't remember. Were the pre-existing conditions included in the original bill? No. No. It's not the... You mean the waiver? I feel like it was. The protection was... I feel like the protection was still in the first one. So in the... Um, the No, yeah, that's what... what, The original Obama bill introduced... The original Obama bill introduced the idea of protecting pre-existing conditions. Then the bill that Trump proposed proposed to take that away. That was one of the big parts of it. Uh, okay. I, see, that's the thing. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So here's. But the, either so way, yeah, that, regardless of the, what, well, that's that, what this was. That's what this. Whatever was. the original. That was the one, whole creation of the risk pool and everything. Which is okay. That's fine. Well, I I don't think either way. The, yes, the, yes. The, the current version of it right. doesn't take away pre-exist. Doesn't take away the mandate for pre-existing conditions. That's yes, it still, does. No, it doesn't. Yes. No, okay, it here's the deal. It's a man- <laughs> okay. So it's a waiver for states. Basically. Oh, so- it, it allows the states the option. Correct. So, well, in yeah. essence, that is taking away the mandate because now you're leaving it up to the states. I mean, it is just a, yeah. a semantical bullshit ring around the rosy. But we are at the same place. So, I mean, this is essentially what they proposed before, and it still would have been up to the states at that point from the original Trump amendment or Trump changes. But we are in the same place with just new language. What were some of the market? estimates that uh, monetarily were necessary to maintain the pre-existing condition mandate. Do you guys remember I've that? heard 400 billion. I think it's 20 billion. No, no, no. It's like 400 billion for this for the country. Just the and there just w- the pre-existing condition yes. mandate? Yeah, and basically like they they can fund up to in the bill about I think it's like 180. But what they just proposed was an extra 8 billion per state that okay, gets this thing. That was like an extra amendment on top. Of Okay. There but you supposedly, go. So that's, an, that's they, nothing. It's they're a like the underfunded bucket. by two hundred billion, is what I've been reading about for this specific purpose. Okay. Meaning that what what they're providing for the pre-existing pool is, so is about billion. half and a, half as much as they should. Half as much is going to cost. I'm confused. The, the you said at four hundred billion. The, that's the, what I've heard. The market estimate was originally up to as much as four hundred, or it was two hundred. Because I thought it was twenty, but it could be two hundred billion. Uh, I don't know where you get 20. What is that? Exactly the same thing we're talking about. The market estimates to cover all the pre-existing conditions. Okay. But we can fact check your 2000. Yeah, what's up? But what I'm trying, man. The, That's like a weird thing. Yeah, no, it's okay. fine. Basically, it's, it, it, either way, it's, let, let's just say it's, it was, it was, a lot more was necessary, but what they gave was $8 billion, which is not enough. Um, but more importantly, the biggest difference in the mandate is that once, once you do laps, um, insurance companies are now able to raise the price as much as they want. Um, in order for it to effectively become, as Sean said, um, you know, not no longer a mandate for it. Because again, like we said in one of them, if uh, if you have cancer and you know all of a sudden the, it's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars a year to get coverage, it, it in effect means you don't have coverage um, once it lapses. But anyway, that's the big change that managed everybody to come along. They did not wait for a CBO score. They just passed it. Yeah, um, no one read it. That it was up for about cool. 10 hours. They had previously said it should be up for three days before they pass a vote. Um, that was in one of the rules that that they set up um, in, in, I think, 2014, I want to say. Um, but the... Anyway, so yeah. Um, the Congress, the Republican-controlled Congress pushed it through. Um, so there we are. So now we're, we're good there. They've, they've successfully passed the bill to repeal Obamacare. 
Um, and it's now going well, what, what do they think? Yeah. I'm confused. Repeal and the, replace. I'm confused what they're thinking here. I mean, I know what they're thinking because they're simplistic. Paul Ryan and himself, mm -hmm. but it seems like a trap, doesn't it? It seems like they're asking to be unseated in 2018. No, not at all. Obviously not. I mean, it would. What's the, It was a. It was a campaign promise that they had to fulfill. Oh and yeah, so, no, I know that's what they believe. I'm gelling. Oh you, no, I. Think, I, I think it's. If uh, they were really seriously thinking about this, seri logically, they'd understand that it. And there were some, you know, there was 20 well, no, Republicans the, who voted no. They're, they're between a rock and a hard place because they got elected can, oh, telling their, their constituency that they would try and do this thing. So I think it's actually a win-win for them because now the House basically that's, you know, up for election completely in, in 2018 gets to go back to their constituency and they get to say, hey, we tried, but the Senate wouldn't let it go through. Right. And, you know, that that's, I don't think anything is going to happen it's not and like this uh the senate is not trying to rewrite the bill or make amendments to the bill the senate is actually writing their own bill okay, so that's so, going to have to go back to the house yeah which is then going to take even more and more time going around this little merry-go-round well and but it's i think the, let's not the, just blah 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 that i mean like okay so let's say what happens okay because that's probably going to happen right the senate's well, let me just finish on. my statement the, all right but the, you skipped over that i i understand all we right. can get into that but I, the, what i'm getting at is i think that the idea is just to have this great distraction so so that they can keep, you know, be on both sides of the fence so they can not actually destroy the world, but they can be on the side that said that they were going to, you know, fix everything. Uh, I don't think they're that smart. I think that's giving them a little too much 3D chess. Right. Well, I mean, if anything, we've we've sh we've seen that the Republicans are way better at that 3D chess bullshit. I think I they're just analogy, thinking, but I just. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't no, understand Carl that Rove is good at that st stuff. Maybe, maybe one or two people in the history of the world. Have been well, good at just that. the orchestration of the Republican Party taking over everything from a grassroots movement and like being in charge of yeah. everything right I, now. I'll grant them is... that they're decent at politics. That's that clearly they're better than the Democrats. So that's what you want to say. Yes, I'll grant them that. But they're still not smart people. Like and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean like it doesn't take all. They're of them. not some chess master planning three moves ahead. They're just not that. It, just, it only takes a couple of smart people, people to make that happen, though. I agree. I just don't think Reince Priebus was that guy, <laughs> and he was in charge of every Republican. If anything, they are good at covering their asses, and I think this is the ultimate and cover-your-ass move. You do uh, something that you know the other guys are going to automatically block, I don't block, think they're that so you good at covering their both. asses, actually. I think they're kind of sloppy and everything. They might suck at it, but that is their, always their prime directive. That is what they are most practiced at. No, I don't think. Well, that's what do you true. think they I want think, then? I don't understand. You're, yeah, you're, you're, I, you're saying that they're just dumb and that they just passed this thing. I mean, what? So oh, what, I think they, they, they just monkeys going in pulling a lever. No, they want to like, no, fulfill a campaign promise. They've been that's saying, what I've been fucking saying. Me too. No, you've been talking about kind of like we're talking about the future, the re-election. But I think that what? Can finish. Tell what? me why I'm wrong. I'm not. You're not wrong. I'm just saying that that's. I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying it gives them too much credit that it, that wasn't a strategic point, and we we agree with you. We, it it yeah, was then, a campaign promise, and they are between a rock and a hard place, and they they don't necessarily want to do it. They want to fully repeal, but they kind of can't. I'm saying and, 
I Either way, it's a win-win. Either the Senate passes it and they get credit for it, or the Senate doesn't and they can blame the Senate and they I still get reelected. Right. No matter what, it's a lose-lose in a broader sense yeah. because whether if they if they hold no vote, then again, I agree. There, I thought you were talking earlier about the that how they were they were thinking forward to head to the 2018 election. And no, how they were at no point have we mentioned that. Well, well we're talking about the 3D chess element of it. Yeah, you said that. Nobody said that. It's all about reelectability, though. I mean, that's that's what fulfilling right. your campaign premises is, is inherently about. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, 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 it. But the thing is, is a certain bill less popular? Like, I don't know. It seems like the the complete polls have switched around. Whereas maybe they want to repeal and replace in whatever district they were in, but those districts have now swung the other way. And uh, and I, I'm not sure Trump of care, that. Well, some of them have, like twenty or so have. And Trump Care is now at like what pulled seventeen percent like a weeks ago before it became more you know, cut up and turned to the right. So yeah. how are you going to expect that that is going to play in your district, no matter where you are? Well, that is also a big fault of the, uh, um, the Trump party or Trump uh, team just, in and of itself. It's a bad bill. Everyone knows it's a bad bill. Yeah. Like, so I don't know why you would vote for it and put that stain on your record. That's what my question is, I guess. Because As no matter what you, you, yeah. because inaction means that you've been ineffective in yeah. the one thing that you promised for seven years. So you can't take no action. You have to do something. And then in doing this, but at it's least so, it's putting on the, in, on the Senate's shoulders. I, I understand why they're doing, I guess, in their personal motivation. I'm just questioning all of it logically. I don't think that any logical person could be like, this is a good bill. We haven't read it. We don't know the CBS. They're, they're not. Congress. They're not. Yeah, I know. I'm going to just say fuck them. That's all. Yeah, they're, they're not logical people. Like, you okay. can't. I know. That's my logical conclusion <laughs> I'll, I'll is, is I way. hate congressmen. But, right, but how does it help? How like, does it help? Well, what we're doing right now is dissecting essentially what the strategy was behind what they did, right? So simply just calling them dumb or sort of simply of just saying that there's doesn't no help, but logic that's, to it. That's the logical end of any argument here is why they're doing what they're doing is they're not thinking ahead. They're just kind of being stupid. They are them. thinking ahead. We're saying not that they well. are. I understand what, the, what they the, think they are. What is the other option then? They're going to lose do? their seats into the majority in 2018, and that's going to be their downfall. They don't. They're not seeing that. How are you able to predict that? I think that this bill, the same way you predicted Hillary would be president. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my fault. That was 75 percent, according to 538. Either way, that's a good bet. I don't think. I think the fact that they voted for a bill that's at seven pulled at 17 percent a month ago, before it was fucked up even more when they took away pre-existing conditions for people who were raped. I think this is going to get a lot worse polling numbers. So I think this is almost political suicide no matter where you are. I don't think anyone's think trusting love, polling numbers as much as they did. They should, because when it comes to entitlements, that's the big deal. When you take someone's entitlement away, when someone's Medicaid is lost, whatever it is, in 2020, 2018, whatever it is, if someone has pre-existing condition and their premiums skyrocket because of this bill, even though it's not going to happen, I agree, that's clearly going to affect people. That would lose this bill. People understand the consequences of that. And I'm saying that they will effectively vote out a lot of Republicans. All right, well, they're you, not seeing that. You keep steering us in that direction. So let's just head there first. Um, we have two big questions for the day. Uh, the first one is, um, how much does re-election play into legislation? Because you keep talking about 2018, and, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily in their heads right now. Um, I mean, it is in, they a, in some They have to toe the party but, line. That's clear. I mean, besides the fact that they have to get re-elected. And part of that is money. Like, you have to get money from your party. So... If the whip tells you to vote a certain way, well, yeah, you have to do it pretty much. Why do you have to do it? If you, want to con if you don't want to piss people off in your party. 
You'll yeah, lose the, money. You'll lose yeah, contributions. The, the vast lose... majority of your campaign contributions come from within the party and through the party. And I So even if you're unpopular, you can still maintain the seat if you're getting the money for it? Exactly, because you're a D or an R in that seat. Not to mention incumbents so, get reelected, what? Yeah. In 80 billion, in 9% of the time. I don't Something know, like that. Is. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> 80 but, billion percent of the time? I came up with 80 billion, you're, uh, nine. You're mathing <laughs> very well tonight. <laughs> Uh, I haven't even checked that number, by the way. Okay, yeah. You might want to check 80 billion percent. <laughs> yeah. Check your math. Right? A few zeros are out of place. It is, it's a high um, percentage. But unfortunately, I can't remember the name of the congressman that I was talking about. Uh, Mike. Uh, is it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the guy I was talking about in the last episode uh, that had the the numbers on what it costs to uh, maintain a membership in the committees and mm-hmm. the houses. Um, all, a part of that uh, conversation he was having was also about his inauguration into Washington. So like the first day of a new Congress, uh, you are kind of separated by your um, by your party affiliation. And one party has their big yell over here and the other one has their big yell over there. And the first thing that he said was like he's never eaten that much food in his life okay. like everything is just you know uh, uh completely whatever you where did want. you read this by the way uh this was an interview with him on book tv which was then clipped uh how did on, you uh, book tv is like a c-span three or something yeah, shit, right? yeah, yeah okay. totally you um but yeah they were playing nerd. long clips of it no no i wasn't watching it. i used to watch that shit but uh i don't have cable anymore um but they're let, playing... let the record show however i knew c-span c-span three is where they did book TV, so i'm not one to talk don't <laughs> totally. worry it's fine. I I know, um, uh, but just so our our is listeners can on the find internet, it. can you just uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, for sure, totally. Uh, well, um, I'm sorry, so our listeners know how to find it. Oh, right on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, he was talking about you know be, just being wined and dined when he first got to DC, okay. and that you know uh, they you know are welcoming me, welcoming you into the team on one hand, but also they are uh, you know kind of warning and threatening you that you have to vote with the party pretty much if you want to maintain this infrastructure, if you want to maintain your, your party seat, affiliations, yeah, and then if you want to go for any of those um, uh, um, uh, little parties or not parties, but uh, the fucking committees? Uh, committees. Thank you. Mm-hmm. If you want to be on any of those, then you know you really have to kiss ass, and you have to be a, a contributing member to the party at all times. And you know, basically, the uh, the party deciding to flip that off switch and turn off the money that goes to you through the party just kills you as a candidate. Right. You are just pretty much not only as a candidate, but also as sort of a congressman in, in general too. I mean, right. Yeah, you, you are completely ineffective. Nothing right. nothing you do or say will be recognized or uh, admitted. So as a representative, it's in your best interest sort of to vote along party lines. Yeah. Because um, obviously the Democrats, well, is there, could, could you basically, that's an interesting question. Could you at any point switch your party while you're in Congress? Could you get elected as one party and then switch your party affiliation while you're in Congress? Uh, Sanders does. Colonel Sanders. He's independent, though. Well, he he it switched happens. from independent just, to, just, uh, to in Democrat order to, in to, order to run, though. Right? So, yeah. but as far as what he went he, under the ballot, that doesn't mean that right. He, if he had won, then we would be in that situation. But yes, he has always run as an independent. And right. His, his as far as his constituency is concerned, he is an independent. Um, I I what was it Roosevelt? <laughs> I mean, the you know I guess it, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, so, it happens. It does yeah, happen. It does happen. So okay, but I guess my question is that if if there's a lot of I didn't leave the party, but the 
party left me stuff. Right. Well, but if the assertion is I need money in order to get reelected, mm-hmm. in order to do, you know, again, I'm presupposing from beginning to end that these people are good at heart and are actually trying to fix the society. That's, that, you know, that's where we differ, sir. I know. I, it's, <laughs> it's, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm, can, would you, all right, would you at least grant me no. that there's a, there's a large portion of people who are in politics that, that are wonks in the capacity that they want to try they're just political science wonks and what they want to do is is make the society work make the society where however you know whatever ideology they fall behind ultimately what their goal is is to pass laws that make the country better are we talking about people that are elected or people that work in those offices because I would, I would say that everyone, a vast majority, I'll say, would start out with that inclination. I would think that a vast majority would start out wanting to do what's best for their country. And, you know, because right. I mean, it, it, unless you're one of the top dogs, being in politics is not a very uh, profitable job, you know. But once you get into elected office, then it certainly does start to become profitable. Okay. And I think once that profit's motive starts to encroach, uh, it there is an inevitable erosion of that uh, um, of exactly what you can get done but rather who you are as a person in this celebrity type of appeal exactly How, okay uh, so in other words Hollywood for ugly people yeah basically in other words it's like um, so you 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 don't necessarily go into the movie to make to win an Oscar um, or to you know to make great art you sort of go into it to get the money in some capacity and then in another capacity it's like the show so you pick your movie that you're going to star in well that's that the thing. being the, the bill that you're going to back I think the analogy is broader than that though okay. so you you don't go into the movie industry or you shouldn't go into the movie industry because looking you be for famous. the re- exactly yeah yeah no that's but what I'm once saying, you get that's those the yeah yeah totally yeah the analogy is you know the, at, at some point the fame becomes yeah. so intoxicating yes. that you you take you you're forced to back certain bills you're forced to act certain ways you're forced to kind of take money from lobbyists x y and z Mm -hmm. in the same way that as you're a hollywood actor you may have entered it just because you want to act and you want to create art but at a certain point the sort of celebrity becomes more appealing or at the very least more consuming than the actual work itself for for many actors certainly and then there there is also that's fair there's the more conspiracy conspiratorial aspect of the um high-powered party officials or you know people in the party uh just gathering dirt on everyone so once you if you just you know it's kind of like a gang initiation uh once you leave that gang then they are going to use that against you so uh same way with hollywood i mean that's, exactly that's the yeah. agencies that's okay that's, yeah that's that's not you know it's that's fair um <clears throat> i like that you're broadening the the def- definition of conspiracy by the way how so usually people think that there's like some sort of it has to be something kind of nefariously and vaguely nefarious and vaguely unproven, I guess. Um, that was a very that was exactly the statement I just made. <laughs> no, I mean, but not necessarily. I mean, it's not. But the way that you what you've asserted at the moment, right, which effectively is the fact that there are sort of you know backhand dealings and kind of you know closed door meetings. Mm-hmm in both Hollywood and politics yeah. is not a conspiracy theory. That's the reality. <laughs> See, I mean, there's nothing different about, <laughs> about um, 
I, and that's, that's where I have trouble uh, understanding what the public differentiates that line as. Between conspiracy theories and Right. And Be, because, fact. Exactly. Because I have, you know, been surrounded in these conspiracy theories for so long sure. that, like, I don't, I'm not too sure what the general public's understanding of normal is. So, so I would see that as the general public thinking of that as, you know, conspiracy nonsense that, you know, peop- what's, what's in the government is what's on CSP. No, no, I don't think so. I think that the the layman would kind of define a conspiracy theory as something um, not only unproven, but potentially unprovable Mm. if you, you know, if you boil it down all the way to like a true skeptic version. Um, No, usually in the the layman's understanding of a conspiracy theory, um, I think you mentioned this, is, is, is... you know, aliens yeah. and uh, and nine eleven, nine eleven. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like that kind of shit. Did we land on the moon? No, um, no. Or rather, more specifically, with the, that the government is hiding something with aliens. Mm. That the government put, you know, the government, dis- you know, nine eleven was an inside job perpetrated but by general the government. corruption. Is just understood to exist. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, yeah, general corruption is just whatever. Okay, um, that's just a thing. <laughs> Human um, nature, right? Exactly. Anyway, but but let's get back to our main question, mm-hmm. Mr. Boner, um, which is what. How does re-election play into legislation? I mean, you were talking about 2018 so much. What, you're, what do you think the Republicans' mindset is regarding 2018? I don't think they're prepared for it. That's all. I think they, they think that they're prepared for it. How I, should they prepare? Um, they should be honest with their constituents. And- what, what could the Republicans do in your mind to win? Um, not much. They could, they could not align themselves with Trump. First of all, that would be the first step. There's a fair Why, amount of won. that happening. There's some of that. There's 20 votes in the house of that. Not much. Well, I mean, there's he also won by the way. Like, yeah. And he won largely on the idea of repealing Obamacare. So it certainly makes sense that people would kind of fall in line with that. And give he, and, and adding a, uh, you know, a, a hardcore conservative to the Supreme court. Like those are the two things yeah. he ran on. But I don't it, disagree that that's popular but it is toxic for any candidate to be with trump still no one wants to get their picture taken with him like you know the the elected officials that's are why still I think this is a mistake keeping him at a distance i think they're aligning themselves with trump in this vote symbolically in some ways if this doesn't pass obviously and definitely and i think if it doesn't pass it just goes away it does go away but it's kind of a black mark i, I think. fucking hope it doesn't go away you don't just pass a law taking health care away from – we don't even know how many people. The last one was 24 million. This could be less, could be more. With a, a CBO hasn't scored, score hasn't come out yet. But if this doesn't mean anything, if they manage to do this and nothing comes out of it, that's kind of a problem. Well, no, that's, the, that's like how our system is supposed to function. It, you know, just because they try something and then if well, it fails, it's just whatever. because the okay. house passes a yeah. law doesn't mean that it's now a law. That's why there's two chambers of Congress. Right. That's why it then has to be approved by this, by the president. Like there is a reason that we have these steps. Oh, but no, and, no. sure. But what I mean is to have no, con- just because it doesn't become a law doesn't mm-hmm. mean there should be no consequence as a re- an elected representative. Oh. If you try to pass something that is unpopular and you jam it down through Again, throats, I don't think we're breaking it down through the, the, the eyes of the gerrymandering that's happening. I think these people are are representing their constituency. And I believe their constituency has been howling that they want to get rid of Obamacare. Um, In recent months, less so. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It, the, 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 but per, politicians the move slowly. Has changed. Po- politicians can't By the change way, on a dime the like The polling that. for Obamacare is 
sweat has flipped recently. Uh, basically, I've heard forty eight percent approved. Yeah, that's correct. Well, as I mean, today, yeah. it, it, compared to what we are looking at being offered, yeah, Obamacare is certainly better. But it, you know, it's 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 Obama. I think people still have the same opinion. It's just that you know the new thing that is being trotted out is so much worse. That yeah, okay, I'll keep my Obamacare because at least it's not that. I think the whole idea here to me is that it's just somewhat energized the base of the left wing. Um, it's caused a lot of donations. Uh, you, I think you saw with Jimmy Kimmel's uh, thing there. Did you guys see all the? Uh, I, I saw the th- Wait, hullabaloo around what happened. it. But I didn't see the thing. Uh, he um, he made a plea about, and he made he told a story about his his child who was uh, born with some heart defect. Yeah, and then he had to get some like surgery and stuff. And so he went to Children's Hospital and basically talked to, and kind of led that into a um, a point about how basically how uh, health care shouldn't be denied if you can't afford it. Uh, and kind of so like in his in his monologue, he made a very teary eyed sort of um, tirade, more or less, on the idea of a child born with a with a congenitive heart disease. Yeah, I'm not describing the inability to have it um, to have that covered throughout their lifetime appears to be immoral, um, and it appears to be a bipartisan thing that everybody can agree upon. Essentially, making the case that um, in effect, healthcare for for some, i.e., those with preconditioning pre-existing conditions uh, is right um which we'll get into in a second but why did that um why that matter yeah well I mean, as far was, as what you're talking like about two nights before the vote i mean it didn't matter in some senses because the house did pass it anyway but i think it changed a lot of people's opinion whether or we even if it didn't change it would kind of codified a specific opinion which was uh somewhat bipartisan and that you think pre-existing denying pre-existing conditions are increasing the insurance rates for people with pre-existing conditions then why it's codified codified would be fish no i think I, I'm, you can say it either yes you codified is is pretty common anyway it's that it's that opinion it's, so it just kind of solidified it i guess that's a better word what's the opinion that's that was solidified i'm sorry uh jimmy kimmel's opinion that uh you know healthcare health, is a right healthcare is a right i guess or at least People with pre-existing conditions shouldn't be denied health care or they shouldn't have their rates skyrocket and make it unaffordable. Well, I guess we could just take it there then. Um, I, we've said this on many times. We've had this discussion vaguely. Uh, we didn't go into it that much in either of the fucking three health care shows we've done. But let me ask it again. Is health care a human right? Is health care a right that, ought to, that it ought to be provided for by the government? Is, is it as essential as a road? Is it as essential as um, Social Security? Talk to me. I used to say no. I think I've, I've changed my mind. I think I said Why yes. did you say no before? Let's start there. And I find that surprising. Me too. I know. Uh, yeah. I, I recently changed my mind on this. What was the logic behind no, though, for you? Um, it just didn't seem like a natural thing that, that was, uh, in, you're entitled to, I guess, by a government. But like we're entitled government. to roads? Yeah. And then, so I, I did change my mind, by the way. <laughs> okay. I do think that they, that the people are entitled to it. Yeah. Why didn't you think it was entitled though? I don't understand. You haven't. I don't know. I just, it, I was just kind of thinking the libertarian approach. I was just thinking government shouldn't be involved in, you know, personal health care, that kind of stuff. I was just giving it a thought. Personal responsibility. Like. I guess. Well, is it, hang on. There's a, there's, those are two different things. Personal responsibility, as far as libertarianism, is not the same as yeah, government overreach. I wasn't really you. thinking that. I was never thinking government should be. I've always think. I was always thinking government should be involved in the personal health care of its citizens because I kind of made the argument earlier about the economic 
way to say it. The economic factors of just being a healthy society is good economically for a state. That kind of thing. Wait, that's before or now? I said that before. And look uh, at previous episodes. No, I know what you said before. What I mean is your opinion before. Was- but now my, my opinion has changed morally in that I do think it's actually a right. I think, uh, yeah, it seems like it, it, you can call it that now. I think Why do you think it's a right now? Um, it's your tomorrow. I just think it's, it seems like the next <laughs> step in the welfare state, and it's clearly already been done in many other societies successfully, but it seems like a logical thing. And, and, just because and it a feas- can be, though, why does that make thing. it a right? A feasible thing is, is part of it, honestly. That makes it a reality to me. But uh, no, I do think it, it just seems like, one, it seems logically and morally like the right thing to do for a society to do. Why is it the right thing to do morally? Or lot and logically. Well, you can think about it on a personal level and you look at, you know, if you're sick, should you, I mean, I just think, I don't know, there should be some sort of safety net. I don't think I have to make the argument for the welfare state again, but. I remain unconvinced. Sean Fa, why isn't it a right? <laughs> you make, make so many assumptions about me, sir. Oh, no, I'm, I, uh, I, 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 my assumption is that you can see both sides. I'm going to ask you for the first, and then I'm going to ask you for the latter. How yeah, is that assumption? Yeah, that's accurate. Jackpot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it, it's not a right in that, um, you know, housing isn't a right. Uh, food isn't necessarily a right. If I can starve to death, why can't I, you know, uh, um, allow so people to... So healthcare is a commodity, basically. Uh, th- that is a line of thinking, certainly. So, you know, if uh, in the personal responsibility realm, if someone decides to not take care of themselves and to uh, never exercise and to eat poorly their entire life... And to have well, those disgusting periods. Exactly. Why is it the responsibility <laughs> of everyone else that has maintained their life and had their hysterectomy and taken care of everything else that needs to be taken care of on their own? You sound why- like a, a some, some congressman this week, Mo Brooks. He said that argument is really funny. Oh, right on. You got to be a lot of flack for it. Mm. He's kind of saying, like, you know, why should the healthy people who've made great decisions have to be punished for the, uh, you know, the, the people who are sick? Yeah, that's essentially the the uh, personal responsibility argument for it. Yeah, I understand. Um, Seems pretty br- brutal. Oh, it is brutal, but that that's kind of the libertarian standpoint, the survival of the fittest. I get the, it. Uh, the, yeah, you you know, can't make it in the society, you're just going to end up having to die. Sorry. Y- and it is a... Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Well, it is a close cousin to eugenics. It is the, the idea of a bit of a purification of the species in general that, you know, we can... The strongest if we, society is the best society. Exactly. If we build a society out of strong people, then it will continue to be strengthened. If we continue to hold up these people that are inferior, we will continue to build an an idiocracy of, uh, you know, useless people. But to me, the pre-existing condition thing is interesting because it says all these people... Let's not get get into the weeds of the video. Why not? (laughs) Because we're talking about broad questions first. Okay. So continue. What's the other... What? I don't know. I was (laughs) guessing... This is not your turn. Damn. (laughs) What? I'm driving. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sean Fa, why, why could it potentially be a right? Um... So, I mean, to me, it it does get into what Joey was saying about the feasibility, um, because of the um, I 
industrial success we have had as a nation, um, it certainly behooves us to take care of our, our people. Right. Um, so the the idea why that, does it behoove us, real quick? Um, because we want a thriving nation. How are we going to have a thriving nation? And if everyone is sick, I mean, or we, if some people are sick, because well, the, the idea isn't that everybody's sick. It's just that some people are sick. Some people who can't afford it are sick. So why does it behoove us to take care of them? Well, everyone is going to be sick at some point in their life. Okay, that is an, almost an inevitability. It is a certainty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So or you're going to get old and die. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There, there. Everyone has a vested interest in health in general. Okay. That is, you know, and so it is again one of those uh, those rolls of the die. You know, one person can. Uh, it, first off, your your economic situation is a bit of a roll of the die. Um, you know, there can be really smart people with the the exact same degrees and exact same experience, and one person could be a billionaire, and the other person can be living in the streets just because of you know what has happened in their life. Now, a true libertarian would blame their choices, but it is more than choices that go into that. Mm -hmm. So there is a a point where everyone can find themselves in a situation where you know they they can't afford to take care of themselves, mm -hmm. and so there there exist these these safety nets in society. Now, if you ask me if everyone should be entitled to free breast implants or if everyone should be entitled to you know shave their uh, their trachea down or uh, you know get cheek rays or Botox or something, right. that is a little bit different. Right. Not everybody is entitled to happiness. Everybody is, however, entitled to what about if you're yeah. like, what about uh, if you change that up to uh, birth control or like maternity or something? Like well, that? I mean, this gets into the idea of you know just because we provide a a universal health care doesn't mean it has to be fantastically great. We can provide the a bare minimum. We, well, not even the bare minimum, but you know, because the bare minimum is just sick care. We do want to get to a point where we are actually providing health care okay. and keeping because that is just the cheaper solution. I mean, if we are if correct. we are going to take responsibility for this for everyone, then you know the cheapest route is just to get people healthy and keep them healthy rather than wait until they're broken and try and fix them. Correct. Unless so, we eliminate the essential health care benefits, that would kind of be bad. What? What are you talking about? That's what they're doing. I know what they what, would you stay on topic? <laughs> just making this an aside. Sorry, Joey. No one's paid attention to you in thirty seconds. We're, we're going to off on philosophy, and I just wanted yeah, to say, welcome to the fucking show. <laughs> well, I just okay. I can't make one aside that makes it relatable. You to can. I'm just topical you. joke. You can. I'm yeah, just teasing. We were just asking you to finish the thought. Yeah. No, it's it's a one off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, it, I, I guess I still remain unconvinced though. Why, why is it the fact that you think it is beneficial to the society as a whole to have people healthy? I mean, again, if the if the strongest can survive, right? Mm -hmm. there, ultimately, there's no thing. Yeah, no. I mean, from money. a eugenic standpoint, it's certainly money. Yeah, we, it we makes get, the state money. It makes the state money to have, yeah. to be able to to afford to sick people. Yeah. To take to, to take care of them. take to care make, of six people makes people and makes make, make them money? healthy again, make them workers again, taxpayers. Again. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah, how? Saying the health insurance will health care will make the citizen the sick citizens healthy and contribute to society, and pay taxes. No, and not necessarily. So it's in their best I mean, there's, interest there's because it just increases who... revenue. Mm. 
I, I don't know about that. I mean, there's plenty of people who will never be a contributing member of our society as far as yeah, giving. Yeah, all they have to money. do is make $50,000 a year and pay Right, taxes. and that there are people who will never do that in their right. entire lifespan. But that is- So what is, uh, what is, what is why, why is it up to us to, to take care of that? But the difference between someone with cancer not being able to do it and with cancer can- I'm not talking about cancer. I'm talking about people well, who were born essentially like- I think I it's, understand it's sick, but we're talking. Go ahead. I think it's the old school studio approach. So you know, back uh, before we were inundated with uh, uh, comic book movies, the studios used to fund a lot of movies a year. Right. They would put a little bit of money into a the lot middle of class places. was very healthy. Exactly. All that went to TV. Yeah, pretty. All much. that went to TV. <laughs> but we, I mean, you know, we had this situation where we had this system where it was it was more of a gambling. So you know, the the studio houses. Would yeah, the be, ten pool, the ten were bigger yeah, gambles. Right, right. But everything was a gamble, though, certainly. So, you know... No, that's certain. But anyway, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, Continue. instead of putting $200 million into one movie, you'd put that $200 million into 10 movies. And one of those movies might blow up and you might lose money on the other ten nine movies. Right. But because one blows up, then you are able to fund the next round of 10 movies. And I think that's the same logic that helps or would help the the or the the country as a whole so you know we are basically putting our money our investment into this large number of people not all of them are going to become elon musk but enough of them are going to seems like you're making the argument going... for government so health that's the argument pair. i've been on single pair yeah oh okay cool so that's but the it, last one he made right yeah so but, but, but in that I'm on board. Up, god damn it <laughs> so but <laughs> i'm it, just kind of summarizing i'm surprised you want single pair that's all he asked me to summarize both sides Okay, I thought that was the he doesn't second. say he doesn't he, he didn't say what he wants either way. Oh, I we're thought talking that's about what the, he wanted. No, we're talking about what the merits of both. You just said the merits of both sides. Okay, and then he said the merits of both sides. Now I'm gonna too. Yeah. We have to like we have to like hold your hand through this. What's happening? You What's can happening continue to talk. <laughs> Not if you're stopping us. <laughs> All right. Um. So. I, you know, if it's if it's a risk pool situation that you're talking about where it might be beneficial to the society as a whole, that still doesn't mean it's a right. Um, so oh, no. at no point have you ever made the case that it is a right of yeah. every citizen to I, I have, have a hard time making healthcare. that case that it's you, a right. Can you make that I, I have a hard time making the case that housing is a right or food is a right. Right. You know, if we're going to say that housing and food are a right, then yes, healthcare is by certainly a right in an industrialized country. But in if the with everything if that is a level playing field. Well, how about, how about instead of right, how about expectation? How about reasonable expectation of the social contract? Yeah. Like if we, if we, you are born into a society that's able to provide for all of its citizens totally. and is able to kind of, essentially, again, it's, it's the pursuit of happiness, but the expectation of contentedness. Maybe we can say that. Maybe, uh, you know, it, it, it would almost be better if that was in the, you know, the, what was it? The, the fucking Declaration of Independence? Pursuit of mm. happiness? Yeah. Something like that. Right. So life, it's not kind of, it's not a constitutional thing, but yeah. nevertheless, let's just presuppose it is part of our law where, you know, a, a, a reasonable expectation of contentedness um, is, is something that can be provided for once you enter the social contract of I am a citizen of a country that can provide for us. That kind of deserves that, too, by the way. I mean, you know, every American citizen, for some reason, if we want to talk about us being the best country in the world, I, I think there's something to be said for the fact that we have enough to help your fucking neighbor out a little bit. So it's not maybe it's not a right, but potentially housing and food and health care for that example, for that matter. Um are a reasonable expectation, and here's why. Um, 
So if we're going to start, we can start from there and I'll, I'll backtrack to the other side. Well, if, if I could jump in yeah, real quick, I, I think one thing that would at least ease a lot of the suffering of the American people is if uh, health debt was treated like every other debt. But unfortunately, healthcare debt and student loans are the yeah, only two not, debt not that you cannot have forgiven. Exactly. So yeah. if you you know declare bankruptcy or anything like that in the land of second chances, that is the one second chance you never get. Once you have cancer, you have millions of dollars in debt. Right. Yeah, no, it, it, it's true. And it's a mentality thing. But I think it goes deeper than that. I mean, again, I think because it's still healthcare is treated in the same way as loans, in a sense, yeah. it, it's an obligation. It's it, it, um, it's sort of something it's worse that you, than a loan. Though. <laughs> like, it is yeah. wor- way worse yeah. than a loan. Well, but it's from a mentality's perspective, as far as how we see it, um, you know, that's why people say personal responsibility. And that's why people, you know, you yeah. just try not to get sick. Just, you know, take yeah, care exactly. of yourself, et cetera. And I, I think that's a that's a Eat that's, your Flintstone vitamins. It's a silly analogy to consider the fact that, you know, oh, you just didn't live the right life. Therefore, go, you know, yeah. repeal and go fuck yourself. But um. So the, the the case for um not necessarily universal healthcare but just the reasonable expectation of um the affordability of healthcare uh simply comes down to the fact that a more healthy society fosters a more stable and thriving society. So if you if you ensure that all of your citizens have affordable healthcare, it will provide for a, a a better economy it will provide for a more contented public republic it will allow your society to thrive um i said the same thing i just said should <laughs> right and and that's that's yeah. fair that's the thing i mean and it is but again should is that's where the holdup is that's where it becomes sort well, of a moral i, I, I don't a moral think ought. i don't think will is the appropriate term there i mean it is a it is not a given you know it is it is a supposition certainly it is it is most likely correct but right. it is not inherent that because we get healthier we will be more productive correct yeah no that's that's true and that's that's sort of where the argument lies but now here's the problem we do have to weigh those uh, those elements i mean again if that's the case for universal health care providing for everyone and we're we, you know we can settle on should which essentially is okay well this sort of hybrid version which was effectively universal health care but like eh, we know that it's not necessarily moral but we're doing it for some reason well then that means that what we've settled on needs to be better than the alternative which is as i'll state here effectively comes down to what everybody said before right there it's not necessarily just personal responsibility it's the mere fact that the government shouldn't be involved in whether in in your healthcare in and of itself. There's many different implications yeah. behind that. There's many different downfalls to I it. am not a number. Right, but pound for pound, the the a government takeover of the healthcare system is an is an overreach that cannot stand when we consider the fact that we want a limited government in our country. Um now that's just simple so that's the case. That is pound for pound the case. I I can't I don't know if I can go deeper into it. Am I missing? I mean, I know we've said a lot of it, but ultimately what it comes down to is the fact that the government shouldn't be expected and your fellow citizens shouldn't be expected to provide for those who can't afford it. So if you get sick and you can't afford it, I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to die. So now here's, which is just the case. It's just the case as far as the ideology. Now, what we have to do is weigh these two different worlds because that those are the two worlds we're presented with. We have to either say the government can provide for some of it, um, as much of it as possible, or the government provides for none of it. Um, and at the moment, as it stands, we you know the the citizens sort of vote or the citizens voted people in to to um, 
provide health care, and then they voted him out. So they're yeah. doing what they were asked to. With it, we no longer are going to have the expectation, the reasonable expectation of affordable health care in this country if this continues to pass through. Um, Unfortunately, we're only presented with these two extreme options because we are a two-party sports team. Right. But that's, that's where we are. That's where we stand right now as far as health care. Which gets me to the next question, but, it, but you guys can ask, add anything else if you want. Do you want to get anything into the weeds with anything else before we move on, Mr. Boner? No. All right. Well, <laughs> Jesus. I want to move on. <laughs> no, you didn't. Now I do. Jesus Christ. What? You're about to go ahead. Well, that's so they passed it. They passed it under, once again, the ideology. So the ideology leads me to the second question. Is competition healthy for our society? I mean, it's, that appears to be what America stands behind, right? And, and so, I mean, again, in general, do free markets foster a strong economy? Um, why does communism fail? Why does capitalism fail? Um, what about kids? Are we training them too early as far as, like, sports and shit like that? Uh, would we stagnate without competition or would we suffocate with too much of it? Um, is, is regulation helpful in that capacity or is monopoly ultimately something that we can all accept if it's from the government's perspective and not necessarily a, a free market perspective? Um, I, I, I don't know, man. What do you guys think? So let's, let's <laughs> well, start there again. Is competition just, healthy? It's a nice little pun. Come yeah. Up. Just to get kind of actually uh, half a step back onto your transition. There. God damn it. Yep. Uh, right. The, the problem with the Republicans and the healthcare issue is that they are not uh, exactly fostering competition. So this the healthcare industry being as completely regulated as it is, uh, it is it is not um, really allowed to have the the competition to to thrive. And so the, one of the big problems is it. If you are forced to cover pre-existing conditions, then that is no longer insurance. That is just charity, essentially. Right, correct, correct. And so that that is, you know, the the Republican standpoint is that you know we are in this wishy-washy system trying to fix it rather than trying to completely overhaul it. Um, but it's so it's so I, you know what? While we're in this step back, let me just <laughs> rant. It's so fucking heartless and bullshit. It, and fucking misogynistic, by the way, what they've basically put as pre-existing conditions. It's just flat-out bullshit. I, I, what were some of the things that was like fucking it, rape well, or sexual assault essentially is now a pre-existing condition. So if you, you know, if if you're a victim of sexual assault, that is a pre-existing condition that can essentially raise your premiums down the line. Um, it, it In general, being a woman in some capacity is going to be a detriment to you and you but, no longer have a reasonable expectation to. But that is the very nature of insurance. So if we're going to keep this capitalist so old market system, and women well, yeah, just I mean, need it, more healthcare. So yeah, they they, they are more expensive to 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 take care of certainly. Right. So that is that is financially from a numbers actuar actuarial standpoint, that is something that the insurance companies need because the mandate did not work and they were not getting the money that they should have been. Well, then that's the new question. I mean, should, are fucking are people are people numbers Promised. from from a from an insurance perspective? Yes. Because it's business, That's people are numbers. Insurance but is from gambling, a, right? And from a society's perspective, are people numbers? As far as your neighbor, <laughs> should they be? Is your neighbor or are they? just a fucking number? <laughs> yes. Why? In our society, I mean, in, in LA, certainly. <laughs> that's 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 okay. Trump's America now, I guess. But Joey. 
Well, there's no question that insurance companies treat people like numbers. Um, that's how they make money. Yeah, that's what they. That's their right. But are they function? No, they're not. Okay, and it's wrong to treat healthcare the same way you would treat any other business. I think that's the key here. Wait, or at what? least for me, I just think why because it's healthcare. It's people's lives are on the line. I think. I mean, it, it, I don't see it as, as any crazier than demanding auto insurance. Got to be honest. We we demand that for every person too. So. Uh, the I guess a possible moral equivalency that just struck me is how much different is it to tell someone that you're dying and I can fix you, but I need $100,000 to do that? How much different is that from holding a gun to a the head of a, a healthy person and saying, you're going to die unless you give me $100,000? I what do you think? Well, but it's it's not equivalent though, right? Because you're not paying a hundred thousand. I didn't say it was equivalent. No, I was not. asking He's how asking much different from the moral. Well, that's that. You're right. That's a that's a tough moral. What question. is the moral equation? I don't know if that's an. If I have an answer to that, but I guess I'm just kind of saying I don't agree with the premise because I'm saying that the equation would be that you're not paying a hundred thousand. You're paying whatever you know a cheaper, cheaper, cheaper amount. You know, ten dollars. Well, no, no, in, no, in a world just, without just insurance, with, just deal with this question. I okay, I understand. I, I, so I'm then, not going to deal with it. What, what do you want to say? It's, 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 it's answer a very, his question. It's a tough. I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer. I guess is what I'm saying because it's fifty fifty. Okay, well, you want to try it all? No, I told you I don't have an answer. <laughs> it's very persuasive, <laughs> Sean. Do you have an answer yet? Uh, no, no. I mean, it just you know that. So, that... The, so again, the the principle here is one is one in action, the other is inaction, right? right, right. So, so the idea of murdering someone, yeah, of, of holding the, a gun to someone's we've head, we've talked about this, and before, simply yeah. saying, um, "I'm going to kill you if you don't pay me a hundred thousand dollars," is slightly different than than an inaction. So it this goes is back that to pushing the, old... the person in front of the train. Exactly. And then, yeah. yeah, it goes back to our old philosophical point of we've got, um, and it's slightly different here because it's it's more yeah. a question of numbers, but ultimately yeah. we have. No, I guess we'll go straight to that. Yeah, if 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 a train is about to hit five people, um, and you have the option to flick a switch and it'll kill somebody else, um, who you know, a, a worker on a different part of the railroad track, or you push a fat guy onto the onto the railroad track that'll stop him from killing the five people, um, it, it it comes down to the action versus inaction. I I think the biggest difference here is that, um, the 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 first act in which you are you have the capability of saving someone um whether or not they pay him a hundred thousand dollars um the the moral equivalency there is um well let's see here okay i i almost feel like i need more information on why we're going to shoot somebody <laughs> in the head why why is the guy holding the gun to someone's head holding you know saying i'm going to kill you if you don't pay me a hundred thousand dollars i mean as, as, as it's simplest it's both about money so it is a, a doctor that has spent uh, hundreds of thousand dollars and years of his life on education that believes he is entitled to compensation for what he does. Right. Why and is the person is, holding the gun to someone else's head entitled to that money? It is someone that doesn't want to go through those eight you know, years of study. No, 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 no. That's where the difference comes in. In, in the one case, the doctor is entitled to the money. So they need to be paid in order to help them because that's, at the very least, a mm -hmm. skill that they're providing. So, in the other case- So the robber's the holding the gun to your head because he needs to pay for his mother's medical it doesn't bills. matter i don't <laughs> care i don't care why he needs the money okay the matter is what how this this current situation has to do with his action so in the inaction of the doctor what they're saying is i cannot act because it's not worth my time mm -hmm. um which again is not necessarily a good thing i'm simply saying that the moral equivalency is that that's a less bad inaction well in one inaction is action. life one in inaction is death 
No, no, they're both death yeah. and life. Well, yes, they're both life and death, but inaction versus action is a different result for each no, of them. Well, okay, no, because the doctor is still acting. The the action that the doctor is doing is inaction, so he is choosing not to do something, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, anyway. But so if the doctor chooses not, not to not to act, right. then the person dies. If the right. robber chooses not to act, then the person lives. Right, but that doesn't matter. It's it's that the 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 person the guy the robber has no has no kind of right to the money for his for his action or inaction. They're both acting, right? The 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 the, the robber who yeah. can pull the trigger or cannot pull the trigger, regardless of action or inaction, is not entitled to the money. Well, whereas the doctor, the doctor, in, the doctor yes, is in some capacity, he's more entitled to the money than the robber for sure. Now, again, I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do for the doctor to not act. Well, would but it, the, the well, doctor at least has a choice. There. Let, let me modify that then slightly. Let, let's say we are on a plane. Okay. And the, you know, someone is choking right. and the doctor is the only one that happens to know the Heimlich maneuver. Right. It, we are in the same situation, right. so now we're just but the doctor, the doctor is not necessarily entitled because he's not performing in his job. You know, if I was just. Right. If, so now that, so, so now, so the, the robber is no longer in the equation. What you're talking about is the, are the. No, no, I'm, I'm trying to make it equivalent between the, the robber and the, I'm trying to, uh, robber and the doctor, the. Um, no, it, I don't think at any point it will ever be equivalent because the robber has no obligation, has no right to the money. And what I'm saying is that if you just help someone on the street, you don't have a right to money as a doctor. But if someone comes to your office- Yeah, it's or, your choice either way. Right. And so that, okay. that makes that, that equivalent between the robber and the doctor. The doctor just letting someone die who's choking, even though they could help them. And then the robber shooting someone. Exactly. Can't. Because the doctor- Well, there's a couple of different things the, there. The yeah, doctor I, could charge for the Heimlich maneuver, correct, but, but he is well, not entitled to but that. But again, so now almost in a weird way, money is out of the equation because what you're talking about is just the doctor has the ability to save the person and can either act or in, or not act. Right. And the robber basically, again, the money's not a factor because the robber just can either shoot them or not shoot them. Um, right. Or no. Yeah, I'm just failing to see how that changes anything. Well, because basically the, the, the doctor, there are at least other factors in, factors that can can go into the doctor's decision to give somebody the Heimlich maneuver. Very simply put, like they could, you know, be afraid they're going to break someone's rib. They could be afraid they're going to be liable. It's, it's basically in the action of helping them. It might be in their best interest to do so. It might be in the best interest of society to do so, but it might not necessarily be in their best interest to do so or not to do so. So there's, there's an equation that needs to happen in the, within the doctor's mind, whether he's being paid for or not. The robber situation, he has no obligation to, he has no right to the money and he's basically just sort of acting um in a blackmails pers- in a blackmailing perspective That's racist sorry yeah in in a in a in a latina females perspective mm-hmm. of just wanting wanting to um i don't even know why the the robber would be doing it other than money i mean it's just a simple desperate move hence why the two are not um morally equivalent in almost any way um Does that I, make th- sense? I think you're just giving too much moral credit to doctors no, I'm not. I'm saying that they have no. They don't have to act one way or the other, in the same way that the robber doesn't have to shoot or not shoot. Right. It's just the intention going in. Yeah, and I, I don't think that that matters. I'm just saying. Is- sure, it does. Come on, of course it does. If somebody is, you know, holding a gun to somebody's head is totally an action. Right. If you, you're if you, you're uh, dissecting if you a moral upon, analogy. Well, that's what in- you asked me to do. Right, but. <laughs> 
you're uh, you're getting lost in the weeds of the analogy and not what it's applying to or what I was okay we, so we know, can take the, a step the, back the purpose of an analogy is to try and illustrate a point you are so far deep into the analogy that it no longer even references the initial point well no because the initial point ultimately right is whether or not healthcare is a right mm-hmm. correct that's basically the 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 point here so again yeah. the question is does the does the doctor have the moral obligation to save the person who's choking reg- absent the hundred thousand dollars right um, that would be the initial point. And then mm-hmm. the next point would be, does the doctor have an obligation to save the person? Um, or, or should the doctor save the person and somebody provide that $100,000, whether it's the patient himself or somebody else, right? So that's why I was saying the robber is not part of the equation anymore. And we can just deal with the fact that the doctor is on a plane, there's somebody choking, what obligation does he have to save him or her, right? Um, you know, that part, I don't know. I mean, I would say if you have the capability of saving someone's life, an inaction is certainly not the equivalent of murdering someone, but it definitely is not a moral, I don't think it's it's on the plus, I don't think it's morally justified to allow someone to die if you have the capabilities of saving them. I mean, as a baby drowning and not grabbing the baby yeah. out of the water, it, it seems morally, you know, repugnant just but to do so. But if that baby's going to grow up to be Hitler, then... <laughs> well done. Nice, <laughs> nice little callback. So, but now we have the new question: Is the doctor obligated to the hundred thousand dollars for their work of saving the person's, you know, choking? Yeah. Most people would say yes. They've done work and they need to be provided for. They've gone through all this training. They are a doctor. They are sort of valued in our society, so they deserve the money. Okay, cool. So now we're at the final question: Is who pays for it? Um, because we agree they need to be saved. They agree to ne- they need to be paid. What happens now? Yeah. Um, and that kind of draws us to our final point, which is, um, where does that money come from? The government. Well, not necessarily because it can come from competition, right? The, the money can be, the, the, the price of things can be lowered if there's enough people, um, in the pool. LASIK and breast implants. But what, you know what though? I think again, we've sort of taken a step away because we've now not necessarily equated. We, we still haven't answered the question whether or not healthcare is equivalent to, um, the insurance companies or whether it is charity, not charity, Um, but again, a government, right? I mean, should it be tied to insurance companies? Well, no, that's, that's the whole problem with the system is that, you know, basically it it, it might not be a right, but we do have to make it non-profit. We have to make the, take the profit motive out of healthcare in order for there to even be a starting ground to have these conversations, um, with, without, you know, with, with for-profit companies on every stretch or every, every, you know, turn there, there is really no incentive for any of them to acquiesce yeah i mean i i okay so then it what's the next step then what do we do next how do we fix that yeah and and that is the argument for privatizing i'm sorry for uh not privatizing well either uh, way both nationalizing there we go um both could work. I mean, well, it is you, privatized right now. I mean, that's it's privatized through insurance. It right. can be privatized simply as doctors. There can the insurance yeah, companies yeah. can still no longer be part of it, but it's just a doctor thing. Whoever yeah. the best doctors are, they get money directly from the the people who are paying them. I mean, yeah. that that ultimately is the free market element of it, where there are no insurance. It's just you pay directly for what you want, not necessarily an a la carte insurance thing, but. Yeah. When I'm either sick or healthy yeah. or however I want to deal I with it. I have a cold. I go to the doctor. I look on the chart. It says cold, $50, and you pay Precisely. The guy. Yeah. Precisely. And then the amount of doctors there are. You yeah. know, that. And so now we've, we've actually come to our, uh, another slight problem with that is that um, I, I don't think health care in general can be equated 
um, to a free market. Or, okay. <laughs> Auto repair. <laughs> basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. I, I, you know, there, there are. It's not just swapping parts. It doesn't take. It, well, not only that, it doesn't take, you know, nine years for a mechanic to become a mechanic. Yeah. It doesn't take nine years for a, you know, a, 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 a banker to become a banker. <laughs> right. But as far as a doctor, a doctor yeah. is a valued member of our society. And so there's a slightly different, you know, kind of cachet regarding the profession of a doctor and what it takes and, and how much they're valued. And so they're going to fucking cost money. And so that's the real disconnect here is how much Why a that? doctor's time is worth. Why? Because I mean, there's, there's fewer of them in society. So the well, competition the competition itself by nature is a smaller pool. There will always be less competition because there simply are less doctors because it's a it's a fucking difficult job that mm-hmm. not everybody can fucking do. So sure, we can foster we can foster plenty of competition in the insurance agencies because that shit goes down no no question, but Doctors are the issue here. That's why the free market equivalency doesn't work when it comes to healthcare. Well, I mean, there, yeah, I mean, we can certainly a, do things to alleviate that. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, please. I think that uh, doctors, the cost of having doctors isn't just the reason that healthcare costs are going crazy. I mean, it is, it's technology, it's the overuse of medicine, isn't it? It's not just that there's. The doctors are more expensive. It's just they're like prescribing more things and having more, you know, X-rays and more visits and stuff like that. So it's just driving healthcare costs crazy. Not to mention just the American drug use. Like we just want more prescriptions and more drugs and causing it to go crazy. I guess the question there is, does the government have a right to start getting involved in the cost of healthcare? You know, so to regulate the price of yeah. or how much doctors need to be paid. We're just not that. Well, it's a yes and, sorry, another one of those. But like the doctors are paid, but to end the price of drugs, that kind of thing. Well, I think the the biggest problem is just that the the basic concept of insurance cannot be applied to healthcare. the The gamble that insurance takes is right. that you know you may or may not get into a car accident. Exactly, your house may or may not burn down. Totally. When it comes to healthcare, you're going to get fucking sick. Yes. So it can't and, be tied to insurance. Yeah, and the older you get, the more inevitable that becomes. Right. So the, there is no way to to fairly uh, make that a, a profit driven system. Right. The the only real thing that is um, you know almost moral at that point is to take it away from the profit motives and to make it something that is a a matter of public good. You know, we have decided that electricity is something that everyone needs to survive in our society. We have decided that, you know, telephone is a fucking uh a a, a right essentially. Uh but, you know, it, it, to to decide that healthcare is is outside of that is well light odd. light you were saying light is a right you're saying uh, electricity electricity yeah um I don't know that that's true why is electricity a right uh, if you are low income the government will either subsidize or pay for your electricity but, so I have I have it by the way I. I have an interesting t- statistic regarding light and mm-hmm. regarding kind of this. It, it kind of del- delves us back into the free market element and you just talk sort about of worldwide economy in general. No, I'm talking about time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, essentially, and this is sort of an in my Adam Smith research that Uh-oh. I was doing um, to kind of delve us into the free market stuff, which unfortunately is not really applicable here. <laughs> but as far as lights concerned, in anyway. As far as lights, well, it's kind of cool yeah. actually. As far as light is Enough concerned, um, so. 
the way our economy works is you work a little bit and you get to buy stuff that is equivalent to the time that you worked, right? That's essentially how our entire lives Ooh, work. Ooh, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Wait, so we work and, and then we about- get paid? <laughs> wow. Well, but then you trade your time for the goods that you desire, yeah. right? Oh. Goods and services. Right, yeah. It's Well, if we're talking about... Anyway, whatever. I got Assholes. The Mon- money is a labor storage device. How much time do you think one hour of light would have cost in, in the year 1800? So it, it was you had to buy a candle mm. that would provide you one hour of light. Mm. How much time? What the equivalent of how much time do you think that worked? Which like the average wage? The average person, the amount the amount of time they would have had to have worked to afford one hour of light in the year eighteen hundred. Probably three hours. That's actually a decent guess. I'll say five. Very good guess. Six hours. Mm. Six hours of six hours of work. You just had to work half a fucking day, or I mean, basically a whole day yeah. in the year eighteen hundred to get one hour of light at night um in 1880 the kerosene lamp was invented of course so um one hour of light how much you guys think it it costs an hour 1880 yeah two hours 15 minutes 1850 or i'm sorry 1950 Mm. eight seconds yeah and then in our modern day half a second yeah okay so in about 200 years that's 430,000 times more efficient as far as your work to light ratio right now once again, if we, that's the whole free market argument, right? Mm-hmm. With more competition, with more availability, with that's more technology. Not, well, mean, it's techn- technological advancements, which kind of is the same thing. Yeah, as far but as like, I mean, electricity is a, is a monopoly. <laughs> like that is, there is only one electric provider anywhere. So it, it, well, it does it, kind it, of go against competition in that realm. Well, then in that case, then why in Iowa is everybody crying the fact that there's only one provider now and that's a bad thing for healthcare? Why is that the limited competition there not good for healthcare? Oh, yeah, if, it's, I mean, if it's fine for well, light, why is it bad for healthcare? No, no, I'm I'm not saying he's that, not saying it's fine for light. Yeah, I'm just saying that that's not that's not the system that got us there. Um, the no, it's technological advancements got us there, not necessarily competition. You're saying right, right. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah. I understand. So it's it, you know the it, yes it, and no. I feel like, anyway. Got kind it. of yeah, competition kind of leads to that. Yeah. Well, certainly, I mean, there's competition among the technological advancements, but the the end result or the the end pipeline is universal. I guess once again though it 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 del- it gets back as it gets me back to the main question which is which I don't even care if competition is healthy or not the the whole because we can go into all the other questions I had but really the real question is can can healthcare be equated to a free market economy and is it morally justified in it to do so is it okay to do that yeah i mean we we have been but i i we kind of haven't we've we've equated the insurance companies to the free market we haven't in, we haven't equated no, I mean, being no, a doctor no i mean like i was a, a, a society um have we well, I mean, the, the healthcare start, started as a free market economy. Yeah, so, you know, it, it started as there was one doctor in town, and if you needed to get your foot fixed, you'd bring him a pig or whatever it was, you know? I mean, there. <laughs> the, <laughs> maybe, maybe I that, do want to live in that time. Maybe that was just, uh, uh, what was that movie with Michael J. Fox? Um, Life with Mikey? <laughs> no, the other, Doc Hollywood. <laughs> Doc Hollywood. Yeah, totally. That's right. <laughs> but, in, in Rome, by the way, their, uh, their coins were based off the price of asses, not pigs, but mm. monkeys. Oh, got it. I so, thought it was just like how many, like you just moon them and then they'll give you something. Number of asses. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like so like a coin was like two and a half asses. And a denarii was 10. Like a denarii is D for den- that, den. That'll get you 10, 10 donkeys? 10 donkey. Really? Right on. <laughs> um, well, do you know anything about the healthcare system in Rome? 
<laughs> kind of cool. That's interesting. I mean, Here's I, your leeches. I, well, I think it's yeah. I think yeah, it's the same thing. I, I, I really get it. Something like it I wasn't. Mean, until, oh, I mean, I, yeah. what, I'm sure it was you. for profit. Like, yeah. If anything, you know what, man? Either that or it was like a cleric thing. Maybe where, religious. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I. Okay. But then barbers were the fucking town healthcare providers for a long time. That's correct. Well, they were the dentists. Well, dentists and like minor surgeries and, you know. Which total fun side note. Do you guys know what the barber's pole is? What it represents? The bandages, bloody bandages wafting in the wind. Mr. Fog. Yeah. yeah twisting. Wafting is part of twisting. No. Twisting not. is part of wafting. Wafting? Yeah. So I've always heard waft. Well, like that's, waft. you're, that's you're from the far. East Coast. So what I'm saying is, are we talking about the same word, the same yeah. idea behind it? All right. What does waft mean to you then? The, uh, waft mean to you? Flapping around in the breeze. Well, that's not the same as twisting. Part of it's twisting. Ain't you never seen a flag before? You take a sh- I you dare you to put waves. a strip of paper you in the wind. A flag waves. <laughs> a flag waves. It doesn't mean it twists. Right, but it's a strip. I well, dare you to put a piece pole of- is the whole point of it is the Jesus spirally thing. Christ. It's not. It's not like a, a piece of cloth that's like flapping oh my like God. a flag. No one cares. And or wafting. That's different. <laughs> a waft is the you know more like basically it's staying whole and it's going up and down like a wave, whereas spinning is it's twisting on itself. Hence, it's it has oh, the different. Fuck spirally me things. for trying to be poetic. Tune into literally literary Jesus for more of this conversation. Fuck. I'm sure. Speaking of twisting on themselves. <laughs> That's good. I like that. You're welcome. I like that. You haven't been talking, Joey. How you doing? You okay? I'm fine. I need you to rant. I'm going to go get a drink. No. What? <laughs> now I have to look at something to rant. Okay, I guess I could take this time to say I was wrong about Richard Burr. I thought he would be a... Uh, I thought he would be a, a good head of the Senate Intelligence Committee. I thought he would be uh, bipartisan and uh, objective. Not working out so well? I was wrong. <laughs> I know nothing. Yeah, he's uh, supposedly canceled a lot of the meetings that were supposed to happen. Just a busy guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, got stuff to do. Uh, well, is is that all that we have against him? Yeah, he seems like he's obstructing the uh, the meetings to occur. He's, um, the, he's the chairman, so he's the one who's delaying it. Okay. Uh, supposedly, also he has creepy contributions and stuff like that. They've discovered a few things. I forgot. Doesn't everyone have creepy money? Yep, probably. I was also wrong about Reince. I thought Reince Priebus would be fired by now. No. Oh. Haven't we made this claim a number of times? Yeah, I think O'Brien wanted Spicer to be fired a bunch of times. And mm-hmm. Right on. Um, so spicy meatball. Yeah. You guys want a drink? Anybody want a drink? Nope. I'm really... I asked if they wanted a drink. ...too inebriated with that right now from that drink you gave me. What was that? I don't know. I just made Some a thing. Some sort of rum and triple sec. And was it good? Are you too drunk, Sean? Did I, get, did I fuck you guys up? He's just me. a lightweight. I'm a lightweight. I'm a lightweight. Aw, I'm sorry. Okay. It was good. Was it tasty though? I'm glad. Yeah, it was really good. I don't really know what it was in it. It was fine. Um, well, okay. I guess we can just get a little bit more into the weeds if you'd like. Um dealing with this is competition healthy question. Anything else before I move on? We're good? Okay. Jesus, um just talk. Sean Fa, I'm gonna need you to relax. I'm gonna need you to take a breath. I'm gonna need it's you gonna to gonna do your okay. fucking job. It's gonna be okay. It's not my guy. I will end this show. What are we at? Like sixty we're, minutes? Yeah, we're all the way up there. <laughs> when the politicians keep politicking before you turn to excessive drinking, spend some time collectively politinkering with the show where I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I just. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I.
to follow us at Paula Tinkering on the Twitter there. Head over to www.fawcast.com and uh, please hit the donate button. You can also listen to our other shows, Literally Literary, Going Down on South Park, uh, Wild Wild Westworld, and uh, Text Before Calling. Am I missing any, Sean Faw? Uh, you can uh, find me on the tweets at, uh, X, at Text Before Calling and uh, Joseph Bonnier at, at J-O-E-B-O-N-I-E-R. Yep. And hang out with us for a little bit longer because we're just going to keep talking for a little bit because I just got another drink. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's uh, good. You're welcome to hang. Because I wanted to rant too. You can hang for the after show if you want. You could have ranted anytime you want. I know, but now I want to. Can I, we're not rant. Can I just speak a few, a few things? You can always just speak as many things as you want. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to talk. <laughs> I want to say it's nice that everyone's studying uh, 19th century American history now. feels like uh, it's kind of like a, a rebirth into history. 19th century is the 1800s, right? Yeah. yeah. See, that's the, the, the biggest thing is I don't understand. See, like nobody knows why the Civil War happened in the first place, so it's easy. Yeah. I love that he says that whenever it's clear that he doesn't know shit. Nobody knew. It's such an arrogant and uh, ignorant thing to say, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's like because I don't know it, no one knows it. Come yeah. on. And he, I love that he asked like the most common question in history. Like historians must be, like we're cracking up. We're like literally Slavery. like that's, I, I that's can't it. stop t- telling Slavery. historians to shut up about this question. Like, <laughs> It'd be, like, that's all they talk about all day, every day. Like, there's historical fiction all over the place about this. Well, Joey, why did the Civil War happen? In, in a word? Yes. Northern aggression. Slavery. That's not one word. Oh, slavery. Okay, cool. That's yeah. the word. Typhonated. <laughs> what else do you want to rant about? Rant more. Uh, Andrew Jackson's a piece of shit. Um, Old Hickory? Yeah. No one, no one should. I, I, I don't think him. Trump knew that much about Andrew Jackson going into the presidency anyway. I just think that somebody compared it to him to Andrew Jackson. He's like, oh, exactly. he's like me, cool. It, and then he like knows a little bit about it. And now he just was like. So it was that, just the first time he had seen this. a $20 bill in years. And he's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Who's this fucking guy? What do you do with $20? <laughs> what does anybody do? Wait, wait, can I buy a banana? How much can a banana cost? $20? So like half a Taco Bell? <laughs> um, what else? Uh, I wanted to talk about how I hate the fact that Trump invited Duterte into the uh, White House. The, the uh, Joe Duterte, the uh, Prime Minister, not President. I guess it is. I don't even know of Philippines. Guy I don't think he. I don't think he ever invites anybody. Like it's you. It's just in the same way that when he was talking to uh, Theresa May, he's just like, ah, oh, you know, you when you when you uh, when you come to America, we should hang out. It's, uh, it's that it's stupid ass okay. fucking dumb like kind of colloquialism where like yeah, yeah he's the president. If I come to America, of so, course I'm going to hang out with you because we're both the heads of states. That's the reason I'm there. But you know, <laughs> O'Brien, he's the president. No, I know. It's just what I'm saying is he so doesn't maybe, choose his words. You know, your words should be chosen a little bit better. You can tell him that as much as you desire. I don't think it's going to do anything. No, it's, it's but yeah, it's I, I don't think he. I don't think it matters. In other words, he didn't. It's not a policy decision for him to invite Duarte and fucking Kim Jong Un, and he wants he's honored to meet with Kim Jong Un, and you know, it, it, whatever. It, the whole. Po- I'll talk and, to anybody. Yeah, exactly. I, it's none of it. None of it actually matters. He doesn't choose his words. Period. And so, so you these think, things he's saying are just colloquial. I, I don't agree, though. I think. Even even though he does, well, he's an idiot, and his words don't matter. The office of the American president does, and it carries a lot of weight, whether we like it or not. Well, it does only if we grant it that. That's the thing. So China could have chosen to say they called us a currency manipulator. They talked to Taiwan. Fuck America. I'm fucking done with them. But no, what they did was they chose to take him for what he is, who's just a guy who fucking mouths off. And they're like, you know what? When you're done being a fucking weirdo, give us a call. We'll be right here. 
You know but what I mean? That's not the every difference. country is China. Correct. Yeah. But what I'm saying is they have the option to not take Trump's word for the weight of the American presidency that it ought to have. But the option is a, huge is, is a risk wrong, and but. it's rolling the dice with, to be honest, American lives. But it's a roll of the dice either way. So to, to just not take those meetings, if we decide that, no, we're not fucking talking to China, you know, that, that is, has a whole other connotation to it as well. Well, I'll slow down. We're talking about something slightly different yeah. than that, though, because that's, not, not, that's assuming that he actually has a policy plan in mind. Yeah. I'm not presupposing that. I'm simply saying he's mouthing off, period. We can get into the nitty-gritty of whether or not he should be meeting with these people. Yeah, but I don't think what I'm saying any, is that yeah, purpose. He's just, yeah, he's just he, saying things. Yeah. So it's not like he invited Duarte. It's just he said, why don't you come well, to the White House because I live here, hang out. Technically he did. I know, but what I mean uh, is but yeah, I know what pre- you're yeah, saying, exactly, but yeah. I don't care that he is an idiot and just doesn't mean what he says. The fact is he's the president and his words have a lot of meaning across the globe. Maybe you don't think so, but maybe in Turkey it does. Maybe in, you know, Saudi Arabia, it does. No, no, I do think it does. I just think that it's it that people have the capacity to to say that it doesn't. You know what I mean? In sure. other words, the, Turkey doesn't have to. I take know him, China right? doesn't have to take him seriously. I understand right. that, but I neither does Turkey. Neither does can't count on that. And that's also I don't like the fact that a country doesn't take our president seriously. It just in on the base level. I agree. I I agree. Well, the the bigger question is not so much whether you fucking like it or not. The bigger question is. What do we do in the face of the fact that our president's words no longer hold as much weight as they used to do? You know what I mean? Like, whether yeah. or not we like it fucking shouldn't make a goddamn difference. The question yeah. is, holy shit, is this guy actually damaging the power of the president? Yeah, has he eroded? That's the real problem. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know permanently. It seemed, I hope not permanently, but, you know, you can do some damage. I mean, think about how much damage Bush did around the globe, you know, just correct in, on yeah. our reputation. But correct. look at how much Obama did to correct that. That's what I mean. It's not all. Permanent. I mean, you know, the next president could come along. Yeah. To me, to me, as much as people hated Bush around the world, I think Obama was probably twice as popular. Yeah. You're right that some countries, I mean, you can look no further than Japan, the country we knew, the fact that we're best buddies now. But, but the thing is, like, Air there quotes. are some countries that will never <laughs> recover from some of our mistakes. Like, you could look at Rwanda and stuff like that. Like, or like Somali is probably gonna be hate, hating us for a fucking time. Iraq. Yeah, they and they have good reasons, right? You know, so I don't know. Well, but then the next question becomes what Sean brought up is whether or not we should be meeting with these these uh, autocratic and authoritarian dictators around the world. What it would? What are the benefits? What are the downsides? What should we be meeting with them? What's the strategy there? You should talk to everybody. Why is that a good thing? Because that's what the whole shit's about: communication. When we stop communicating, that's when the nukes start dropping. Very eloquently put. Mr. Boner, do you have a... I don't completely disagree. Um, I think that the right person needs to talk at the right time, and he needs to be somewhat... I'll talk when I want to talk! Not you, Trump, although you're similar. Well, when do you think... You were saying that you don't like the fact that he's inviting to the White House. When is the appropriate time to invite them? Duterte? Never. He's a piece of shit. Well, just, Sean just said that you should talk to everybody. So well, you're I, saying you shouldn't. I understand that you should. I mean, like, for instance, if we had something to gain out of getting out of Duterte, we should keep the communications lines open. And we should. But I'm not saying you should invite him and show the country that, like, you know, that he is a, a valuable member of our global society. So, okay, who, so you're wait, saying who's you Duterte again? Philippine. Yeah, go ahead. He's a, basically a, the kind of their, their dictator president in the Philippines. And what is it that we don't like about him? He's murdered people personally Why? and uh, extrajudicial judiciary. Shit, I can't even say that. Extrajudiciously. <laughs> That's probably, yes. So that Anyways. means without judicial review? <laughs> Correct, yeah. 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 Why, like, though? What's, what's his biggest thing, right? Drugs. Now? Yeah. 
anti-drugs. Big time yeah. anti-drugs. So it's huge drug crackdown, and he basically just goes and fucking kills like drug deals and shit like that. Okay. So, I yeah, I just have, you know, what why... I think what Joey's saying... Oh, God. Why would not talking to him help that situation? And I don't think he's saying not talk to him. I think Joey's saying that by inviting him to the White House has a, a slightly different... Um, uh, what's the word? I, I wanted to say cachet, but I already fucking said that shit. Um, it gives it a different type of prestige when you sure. invite uh, any leader into the White House itself. So it's not that we shouldn't talk to them. It's just that um, it's sort of a weirdly... Um, well, it's rewarding. It's, it's right, like but saying, I don't want to go say rewarding, I mean, it, but at the very least, it says that we are not totally friends. against it if we're cool with you know hanging out with them. I mean, the, showing the White House. It sounds like, like the problem with this guy though is he's fighting the drug war too hard. And like you know, twenty years ago, that would have been awesome. He's not fighting it democratically. <laughs> well, he's killing he's not people. fighting it democratically. That's the problem. Board, so. Neither were we. Neither are we. <laughs> we try. We try. We, we don't have a constitution. We hold them. We just we try our Property seizures, that happens without judicial review. I mean, we're not killing... Well, we are killing people without judicial review. We're killing pets without judicial review. Okay, you just broadened it to pets, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) You just went from humans to animals. He likes the slippery slope. He just goes skiing. Peter says it's the same thing. He goes skiing any chance he can. Yeah, Yeah, I know. It's fun. Whacking it, whacking it, whacking it away. Well, what does Trump see in these uh, dictators? Himself. Yeah, and himself. That's both, yeah. Okay. I think he's a strong leader that he, makes decisions and gets things done. He Kim Jong Un. Like, yeah. weird. It's weird. It's weird shit. So I, I wonder. I had this thought the other day. I wonder if the fact that we're becoming such a global society, um, if ultimately a lot of these sort of tensions, these weirds, you know, we see Russia as the enemy. We, you know, we see some of these political um, ideologies that are propped up around the world as as these odd levi not leviathan esque necessarily but um these uh i I don't know these entities rather than just a a collection of people and i'm wondering if this current generation because everybody's always afraid of technology and the fact that we're all interconnected but i wonder if in future generations because of the fact that we can all be connected through communication that we won't see russians as russians but we'll just see them as another human being who lives in russia we won't see um, uh, uh, the the president of the Philippines necessarily as the president of the Philippines, but just a human being who currently is in charge of the Philippines. And if I wonder if more like the mayor of San Diego, basically, I'm wondering if as a global society we'll we'll all start to trend in that direction where we we don't see them so much as the other because of the fact that everybody's so interconnected. Um, I, I we can only hope, but I mean. Whatever globalist cuck. I don't know, man. Well, once the aliens show their faces, we'll be all together, united as one against. I don't know, man. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Anyway, who thank- will rule all over all of us though? If we just have one government, nobody. That's the no, whole me. point of everybody. Government. Me, people. You vote You'll be long dead. You'll be long dead. Well, thanks for sticking around for the after show. Anybody else? You guys have any other rants? Uh, they'd be yeah. killing all the gays in Chechnya. Yeah, that was um, some fucked up shit. Yeah. Why do we deny climate change? See that like New York Times article? Brett Stevens. I feel like we continue to deny. Why do we deny things in general? Especially things that are clearly proven. Well, forget the clear. No, you know what, man? The debate's not over. Whether something is clearly proven or not, the debate is not over. I, what? Science. Yeah. Of course the debate's not over. Are people. De- oh, okay. Right. Well, then there you go. That is science. So, well, so a method. lot of people fucking seem to be saying that the debate is over. Well, the that, I, the jury is out. The debate's not over. That's what I tried to say for an hour and a half, and you guys just kept yelling at me. No, mm-hmm. we were. I was trying to listen to you, and then Joey would be like, "Well, what about this?" And you were like, "Well, it's this." And I'm like, "No." Blah, 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 blah. 
And then you were like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, what are you saying? And you're like, well, I'm trying to say this. And Joey was like, no, you're saying this. That's not this. And you're like, well, I don't know if it's that. And I'm like, da, 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 da. tune into our healthcare or tune into our climate change episode. <laughs> we'll have another one, I'm sure. But just because Sean didn't get a chance to talk that one, we're sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he likes to deny. Why do you deny, Sean? That's it. The show's over, though. We, yeah, we, we already played the game. Just, just, let's just let it die. <laughs> Bye. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Money, please. Tax the church. Money, money, money. Tax the, the church pound. and the NFL. Johnson Amendment. Battle cry of freedom. Stick my Johnson.